814 podcast, the highly anticipated Mitch White episode. We recorded this on Tuesday and it took every bone in my body not to drop it. Credit to us for being patient with it. I wanted to drop it like immediately, but <laughs> those who, I mean, patience is a virtue as they say. So I am fired up for everyone to listen to it. Let's go into it. Avery just came from a recruiting trip with Laurier. How did that go? Any, uh, any, any big time prospects we're going to be looking at here? <laughs> Big time is probably the wrong word to use, but uh, there was prospects there. Um, there was players. How do you convince a guy to not go to the U.S.? That's the that's the challenging. So part. this was a, this was a recruiting trip for Canadian kids, but they're like the first thing you ask is like what they're gonna do, and then sometimes they say, uh, "Yeah, we're, I'm gonna go into engineering," and then it's like, "Okay, like you're not gonna go to school here. Like that's fine." Or one kid was like computer science, and it's like, "Oh." Okay, maybe you got a chance to go here then. So it's it's funny. But being at Laurier is easier than some of the other schools for sure. But mm-hmm. no, it's good. So you kind of want, no disrespect, you kind of want like the dumb kids. No, 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 the business kids. Look, the business so kids. You, okay, so you want the business kids. But so, it, so if you see a guy that's really good in your brain, you're like, he's not going here, right? Like you're just like, he's going to like the States probably. Or yeah, those kids that, don't even show up. Like, those kids don't really show up. Yeah, those right, kids Dave? Those kids don't show up, but you hope they go to uh, like a really bad JUCO, and then then you talk to them next year after they hate baseball, right? Yeah, so pretty much what what I did. Yeah, actually, no, I graduated. Credit to me, did two years, even though I hated it. Jr., what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Fucking living, living life on a weekend. <laughs> Long weekend? No, I said living life on a weekend. I'm excited okay. for this. I guess we sort of have to. Uh, we only have we only wanted to keep this 15 minutes, but we got to talk about uh, a lot the of stuff. Man- we got the talk Manoa about. situation, I guess, is urgent. Yeah. And the Chad Green stuff, too. There's, oh, I mean, there's a fuck. decent amount of stuff. But before we get into that, I have a t- controversial take that might get me canceled. But I want you guys to kind of talk me off the ledge with it. If you drink Caesars, there's something sickening with you. There's oh, something seriously wrong with you. I, I is that a controversial do. take? I think that's the most disgusting fucking drink ever made. I mean, you got you got to be ninety to be drinking Caesars, right? But I feel like we might get roasted for that. On no. this, you should have saw what we did at a rookie party once. <laughs> Abe was there; he was the veteran. I don't what even do know. Do? If we don't can put say this it. on me. We I can't. Can... We can't put it. We can't. You, you can't forced say the kid to drink show. it, didn't you? You sick bastard. Uh, yeah. They... <laughs> Some people love Caesars. Some people love Caesars. I don't think it's crazy. You rather I, I, love it or you hate it. It's the most disgusting. Like. You're drinking. Do you think it's a good hangover drink? Because people usually. Uh, no, I don't think it's a good nothing drink. I don't think you just. I, I think you're sick in the head if you drink Caesars. Yeah, I mean, the only time I I see Caesars is when people make ridiculous novelty drinks when they put like bacon on top of them. Yeah, like onion like rings that. and shit. I think it's just disgusting, dude. <laughs> Fuck, I really. Why did it, Why did this come up? It popped up on my head. I saw. I keep seeing like Insta stories of it. Like of people drinking, and I'm like, man, what the f- like, what what sick world do we live in for people to enjoy Caesar? So I thought I'd get that off the chest. I'm I think glad, it's just I'm the most disgusting thing ever. That. <laughs> I feel way better about just mentioning it now. I, just, I thought you were something- gonna say the Addison Barger, um, Kevin Biggio thing. No, that's just that's a clear like that's not even a hot take. Addison Barger is better than Kevin Biggio, <laughs> and that's because some people might turn off the program after hearing that, but I'm all in. Like. Let me pull it up here because someone tweeted at I mean, look, someone tweeted at me. I'm gonna give a shout out. Shout out to Griffin, J Ram, to TBJ. 
Addison Bar- Barger and AAA hit 385, 44 OBP, and a 769 OPS with a 224 weighted runs created plus. I'm pretty sure he was only there for like 20 games. That's fine with me. Start the <laughs> propaganda. His yeah, max like, exit velo is 112. I th- but I don't know if there's a place for him to like break camp. Well, right. when Calvin Biggio got sent to the sun, <laughs> right? I I love Addison Burke. I love his swing, and I just I, I want just yeah, to get I mean, this he's kid a, a chance. He everything about him seems pretty awesome. He's an electric, and I know No, he played eight games at Buffalo, dude. <laughs> All right, so I was bamboozled. I think like but... Otto Lopez might make the team out of camp as a guy who can hit lefties better. I just, dude, I was looking at Kevin Biggio's stats. Like, does he have a good, uh, does he have a good, what's it, uh, outs above average? Sure. Like, he just, does he get on base? I guess, but like, fuck, man. I just, I can't believe there's still Kevin Biggio coattail riders out there. It's crazy <laughs> to me. I don't, I actually don't. I, I guess it's because of his dad, maybe. But like, like how some, long are we going to use that excuse like that. though with his dad? Like I mean like think about it. If I I just thinking like if he was just your average Joe coming into the league, like I don't think he'd be as popular as what he is. He is popular. There is like a there is a crazy group of people Calvin had Vigio. him at the same level as Bo, which is crazy. Like for fandom, resp- when Someone they were coming were, up, yeah. when they were both coming up, like people actually there were people out there who who liked Cavan more than Bo. Do you remember fancy baseball, Jared, two years ago? (laughs) Yeah, they had him in the, what was he, like fourth, fifth round pick? Yeah. It was last year. No, no, times have changed. No, No, two years ago, yeah. How times have changed. Dude, but I I saw a controversy, like, so Damon put, like, on Twitter, like, give your hot takes or whatever, like, that you don't want to say in public, and someone said that Cavan Biggio is going to be better than Whit Merrifield and Espinal. Like, what the fuck are these people drinking? I can't believe that's an actual take. Did we just forget what Whit Merrifield did with the Jays in September and October? Yeah, I think people just forget how good Whit Merrifield is in general. Yeah, yeah I think Whit, I think, I think people, yeah, you're right. I think people are underestimating like what Whit is going to do this year in a full year. Like, he can still I just think he's going to be, easily. I just think he's going to be just like solid for his role. I mean, his role is, he's expected to be an eight hitter. As a guy who hit in the top of the order his entire career with KC, I just don't get it. Right. Whatever. Like he I was. Very... What was that year? Was that two years ago where he was like top three in civil swipes? Yeah, yeah. Like, so I think he'll he's gonna be fucking. I trust phenomenal. Whit Merrifield's resume more than I trust the guy who was good in the COVID years resume. <laughs> like, I can't believe that's yeah. even like a like a discussion topic, man. Mm-hmm. Whit Merrifield very well could do fifteen. 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases this year. Yeah. yeah. And again, said, it's a guy who had to adjust to not playing every day for someone who played mm-hmm. maybe the most baseball games over a two, three year stretch before that. Right. Cause he was playing 161, 162. Yeah. I yeah. think it'll be good for him also to like, he he'll get his rest time when he needs it. Like he has that opportunity with the Jays, which is something that he didn't really get. Like, yeah, because he was on KC, the, he was right? on a bum ass team. Like, yeah, so I, I was listening to at the letters shout out to the, obviously there's sports net one. I tuned in for the first time. Um, and they just talked about how old this team just randomly turned out to be. <laughs> and I, and I was like, yeah, everyone on this team is pretty much old besides 
Vladdy, Bo, mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin Biggio, I guess, Kirk. That's what the 2015-26 team did, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it. I think it's. I think it's really good to be honest for playoffs. But old like guys coming off injuries, betting on bounce backs, kind of an interesting way to do it, right? And Kiermaier and Belt. Yeah, but it's it, it's worth the risk though, especially with the upside that a guy like Brandon Belt has. Obviously, uh, Ross Atkins knew with the walls coming in or like the changes it's going to make fifteen feet coming in and stuff like that. So it's going to play into the strengths of uh, Brandon Belt, but. Yeah, I, I think um, I think this team is going to be special, man. I and people are really just downplaying the whole Dalton Varsho side. MLB Network said like Key J's acquisitions or something like that, veteran leadership or whatever, and they just didn't even mention Dalton Varsho. I guess he's younger, obviously, but he's going to be a massive part of this team. And people are sleeping on the boy, man. I fucking love Dalton Varsho. I think he's going to be a massive part of this team. It's going to be. I can't wait till game one. That's what I'll say. Because I one, I'm going to be blackout fucking annihilated in in uh, St. Louis, and two, it's just going to be good to see baseball again, man. I mean, it's fucking minus thirty outside. Yeah, this week is hor. This is Sudbury weather, eh, Jared? Yeah, get outside. It, it doesn't just, feel like baseball's coming soon. No, it just Not smells sure. that's different when it's this cold. So it's been a night. Yeah, you wake up in the morning and you think you're fucking sick, but it's just because it's so goddamn cold outside. <laughs> yeah, you have a sore throat. We uh, we're staying at a casino in St. Louis, Jer. That's scary, but I whatever. Why is that scary? That's normal. I mean, John Man has a gambling shit. issue. Oh fuck yeah, you do have a gambling <laughs> issue. But no, hey, you rather you rather gamble or you don't. Like in a sense of you, like because in Windsor you didn't gamble. Because True. You, you Credit to me, down. actually, that is very responsible to me. But let's but actually once wanna... you get that money down, you're you're done. <laughs> I, I want to talk about St. Louis. So, like, this is weird, right? The Jays opening up against an NL team. That like, is, this, is, but it's is this awesome. Like the first, I know it is sick. But is that the first time that's ever happened? Like. Ever might be a like a stretch for me to find, but in out, a long period, like fuck, that's I don't gotta remember be, the Jays. It's gotta be ever, the first time ever. I don't remember the Jays ever really facing a fucking because I think last year one team played across, like they, yeah, it was A's versus the Phillies. I was there, okay, yeah, maybe there was more than one, but <laughs> I can't, I would think that this would be a rare situation. Do we have an issue with that, though? Like, I, No, I don't. I fucking love it, dude. It's going to be awesome. I love Jay's this Bush Stadium Daniel. opening day? Are you kidding me? But then they be... get they get kind of fleeced on a Tuesday opening day. Yes. They get a little bit. Yeah, they get cucked a little bit there. But other than that, though, it's going to be fucking awesome. So I can't wait for that. But let's go into a couple things here that we have to talk about. First, we'll start off the Chad Green signing. I don't know why... People are hating on this, especially Jays fans are like, why do we always have to sign damaged goods? Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to do that? Like he is going to be back in July and it's an eight and a half million dollar deal for two years. It's not like the Jays are backing up the fucking Brinks truck for this dude. It's a gamble on a guy that's a good relief pitcher. So I think the damaged good things is what you have to do to find value in people. Right. And in contracts, it's not. If Chad Green fully healthy, he's probably top three of guys who get signed as free agents this offseason, and they save themselves a lot of money by not having to give them that deal. Again, it's the contract is there's so much that goes into it with options, player yeah. options, all that stuff. It's an interesting way to get the deal done. So if it doesn't work out, they're not on the books for forever for a ton of money. So it's a guy who's 
been a top. It's not like the baseball. Yankees with Frankie Montas or the Giants with Michael Conforto, who hasn't played in forever. Like, no, it's pretty G- clear cut that it's a Tommy John injury, and that's it, right? And you yes. recover from that, yeah. and you're good to go. Yeah, so if he can, if he finds a way to pitch meaningful innings in the playoffs, awesome signing, best you can do, right? Like, you can't expect him to be perfect as soon as you get back, but um, you want him to be able to pitch meaningful innings. And another guy who can shut down fastball velo is not really there, but he gets a lot of swing and miss on it. He throws a curveball slider thing that's really good as well. He's been so good for a long time for the Yankees. And and it's going to be awesome, like, if he just carves the Yankees, their tears about, like, because, oh, listen, the Yankees are in shambles, dude. Frankie Montas could be getting Tommy John, I think, if I read that correctly. That could Shoulder be fake surgery, news. I think. Shoulder surgery. And uh, I don't think Scott Efros is playing this year, right? That he- – Tommy John potentially yeah so the Yankees are in shambles like they're gonna have to and listen I I, like we always talk about their lineup I don't think their lineup is good especially with their obvious possible regression for um Aaron Judge but this is a big year man I mean obviously the Jays are gonna have injuries right like that obviously makes the most sense they're gonna have injuries it's just baseball but I love it and and the depth in this bullpen is fucking insane man Mm -hmm. like you have a guy that's going to be you, the Jays have how they did it is they now have two like trade acquisitions going to be coming back in July. Technically, right. You got Ryu. That's going to be coming back. That's like an acquisition at a deadline type of guy. And then you have Chad green who's going to be coming back in September, maybe August, whatever, how, depending how it goes. But those are two massive additions to a team halfway through the season that sets them up for, for, for success. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got to be happy. You look at even this AAA bullpen that's going to break camp, like with uh, Zuleta, Pearson, Pop, those Fernandez guys that we signed. It's going to be really good, and we're not too worried about that. So it was masterful offseason for a spot in the team that really needed help. And it was done creatively, and you just got to tip your cap. You hope it works out. Again, they haven't played any games. But on paper, this looks like an elite bullpen. Yeah. It's all, it's all we wanted, man. Just address it. And he addressed it. He addressed it in many different ways. And I hope, I think it'll work out. Ross Atkins forever, man. We'll see, actually. Because <laughs> you know what's crazy is, and I just knowing Blue Jays Twitter, the first appearance that Eric Swanson has is do or die. He goes too scoreless. It's like, wow, the Jays really want fleece these motherfuckers and got Eric Swanson for Teo. Mm-hmm. Or... It's if he gets shelled, it's like, wow, we really gave up fucking tail for this bum, or we we really did that. Like, it's that's just how it works. Like, that's just how Toronto Blue Jays Twitter works. I think, I think we'll be a little more better than that. I'm hoping. No, he's kind of a forgotten acquisition, a little bit. Very much forgotten. It was so so long ago. Yeah, it was so long ago, dude. Like, if he's semi close to a top three reliever in this pen, like. I mean, like, holy fuck, man. This team is like, I mean, Chad Green comes back on the back end and he's he's good. Like, in the sense of, like, Chad Green is a top three reliever in any pen when he's healthy. Maybe oh, top yeah. two. Top two, you could argue, right? Some, yeah. some say he was going to be, that's what they were saying, is if he didn't go through the surgery, he was going to get, he was going to be the one of the, the second hottest reliever to get signed. Or, like, he was supposed to be, like, the top target to be signed. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he's a closer on some teams even. So, like, I mean, fuck, you pair that up with the Jays 
getting another reliever also at the deadline potentially. I mean, they're setting themselves up for playoffs. Like that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, I'm pumped for it, man. I really am pumped for this season. This is going to be this is going to be special. And I tweeted about that uh, that just the schedule, just being able to watch like Fernando Tatis go toe to toe with Vladdy. Padres Blue Jays at the Rogers Center in July when it's nice and warm out is just going to be it's going to be a movie let's let's be real here I'm going to every game of that series I already texted Musgrove about it and he's pumped about coming here to Toronto he's never been but it, it, it's going to be fucking awesome dude I, I can't wait for this I can't wait for just the, the weird teams that are going to be coming to Toronto that we haven't seen in like six years here what uh I haven't even looked at some of the teams that are coming you you said it's great schedule. Pardon? The Braves are coming here. Mm-hmm. They're going to have awesome. Acuna versus Vladdy. Like, this schedule is going to rule, dude. Like, you have the it Pirates. It is nice not having to see the Orioles 17 times a year. Yeah, yeah that shit just gets old, man. It was like, good when they suck, but now it's like, yeah, uh, now it's I like really nightmare want, fuel. I really want to see them. Yeah, it's going to be odd. Like, this schedule rules, man. Like, you got. You got obviously all the American League teams coming here. You got the Pirates coming here, the Phillies, the Braves, the Brewers, the Mets. I don't think the Mets are coming here. Actually, that might be an away game, but it's just the Giants. It's going to be fucking awesome, man. And it's going to be a, like an awesome way to um, preview series and like just tap into it because we've never had to recap these teams before and like talk about the rotations and stuff. It's going to be sick. It's yeah. going to be also a lot of good jersey matchups, like the Jays versus the Giants or Padre. It's going to be sick. That's yeah. going to fire me up. We, uh, you did some numbers again on another tweet, Johnny with Estrada. That. Yeah. What I mean that one of the best videos of a game of all time. Like, he rules. Did Jay imagine Estrada in this rotation? I mean, we technically have him. I guess Kevin. No, but Kevin Gossman has blowaway stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, Marco Estrada was like, here, here's 88. Shove it up your ass, and then. Kevin Gosman's like, okay, I can run it up to 97. It's just they don't make the him like they don't make him like they don't make him like uh Strada no more, man. No, that that dude I was, saw that R.A. Dickey was also on the Hall of Fame ballot this year. Just another throwback. Got one ballot. vote. Shout out <laughs> RA. Dude, yeah. it, um Marco Estrada was special, man. I, I wanted to give him his flowers because we I, I know I said that a fuck ton last episode. A lot of people chirped me for it, but he was special. And what and you want to talk about guys that fell off the earth. We talk about John McDonald. What the fuck is Marco Estrada up to? It's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> he would be an awesome list, like interview because another part of that video that really gives me chills is John Gibbons walking up to the mound, looking at him and just like the reception and John, John and John Gibbons goes, wow. Like that's that was, just, that was the best thing Gibby ever did, man. That, and I want to talk about that team for a second. It is a goddamn crime. That team didn't win a world series. That was one of that was probably the most special Toronto Blue Jays team I in my lifetime for sure. Yeah, he was- he was, and then you got Jason Grilly just fucking re- re- career resurgence out of the bullpen. You got like Latroy Hawkins. <laughs> that team was that team was a wild card, dude. Fuck, I love that team. Uh, we need something like that this year, man. I just want I want. Can the Jays win a series this year, please? That would be sick. No more um, wild card banner. We got. They're gonna hang it. Are you serious? That's a thing? I think so. Someone fucking shoot me. I hate that so much. That's that's as as uh as political people would say Trudeau's Canada. That's true. <laughs> but that's uh yeah, dude. I uh that's sickening. I I'm I'm gonna boo. 
I think if we go to that game, I might boo because we're going to be vlogging and stuff like that. I know it's not on TikTok. We're going to be vlogging some games, stuff like that. So we're going to do the nine hot dog challenge, which is going to be awesome as well. But we need to figure out a way to have someone like so we don't have to like continue to go down and stuff like that. We got to have someone <laughs> on saying deck. we need a runner. Yeah, we need a runner like because that's the limit is two beers and two hot dogs you can get at the at the stand or whatever it is. So we need a runner. We need a guy that's going to be going into the mud and just grabbing the shit for us because we just can't be doing it every single fucking inning. We need to focus on eating. You need a beer boy. We'll call him beer boy. Yeah. Well, no, we just need to become friends with one of the vendors, I think, is what. And they could just run it up. Yeah. Yeah, You need an insider. I definitely do. I'm, I will probably puke at that. I'm not a puke guy, but I will probably puke when we do that. Fuck, dude. You puking, like, and you have to puke in your seat. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. no. I don't th- has anyone ever done that? I don't think anyone's ever I've done that. I've done it Rogers once. Center. At I the Rogers Center, though, live no, I on did video? It, I did it in Pittsburgh. It was because I, was, I had food poisoning, but I puked. Yeah, I was about to say, there's no time. way you were drunk. No, no. I, I'm going to puke Avery can, for the listeners of the podcast don't know Avery can throw down beers. Like no, Avery yeah, is a Avery's scary, good. scary specimen yeah. when he's in the booze, Avery he can, can just lock that shit. Especially Avery. when there's motivation or like a completion goal. It's hundred yes. percent. He's a scary, gets him. he becomes he is a, a scary, scary, scary individual when he's on the booze. He, he can throw. <laughs> well, well that. that sounds, <laughs> that sounds horrible. Yeah. You are, you're no, it's about scary to, to the like point where it's like, you try to go toe to toe with this guy, but you can't. Yeah, like he I, is just gonna yeah. body bag you. You can't go that to up. I mean, I'm the happiest drunk person in the world. I no, think. you are. Like you're a great yeah. drunk. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, in, <laughs> in terms of like, you, if someone tries to go toe to toe with you, they don't stand a fucking chance in hell. No, it's it's fun to compete though. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is fun to compete. He's never been to get taken the juices down. flowing. It's gonna get the juices flowing. That's like that's the thing we're looking forward to. But the next thing Jr. talked about is the absolute Alec Manoa body bag on Wrecker, Matthew Wrecker. Is that his name? Or Anthony, I just think I just combined Matthew Ross with someone. Um, absolutely worked. Like just a textbook working body bag mud boy. He is the goat mud boy. I mean that tweet where he's like, and clearly, you didn't work for you or something like that was wild. Like uh, me chirping him, I made a TikTok and you had the people in the comment section who I trolled the fuck out of that were like, oh, what did you accomplish? And I said, I went to the Harvard of the Midwest. Um, Yeah, I it was crazy. I didn't expect Manoa to come that hard at the guy, but you got to tip your cap. Uh, Him being mud boy as well. Yeah, it, I like it because yeah. he doesn't say anything that's really wrong. Like if you you can make your point without being wrong and without brutalizing another human it's it's worse you didn't say anything bad to him mm-hmm. that kids can't watch right so i'm f- fine with it the i didn't think it was totally crazy what he said the way he said it. he's like injury wise like you well it's probably better for him to be smaller but, but how gonna, would tristan mckenzie be less injury prone he that, weighs 110 that's where it pounds. doesn't that's where it doesn't mm-hmm. really like add up or or yeah. matter right but it's like alec manoa's mm-hmm. been a big body his whole life like if he, I think he knows. I think he's doing pretty well with it. Exactly. Like if he <laughs> yeah. drops a hundred pounds, who knows how his arm reacts to that, right? And it could be different. You don't. Alec Manoa is a hard worker. You mm-hmm. see it all the time. He, Mitch White said it. Mitch White said it on the upcoming pod that you guys hear is that he works <laughs> like a dog. That's the thing though. Like what Abe said is like, it's the off season. And these guys are trying. Like the comments were dumb. Like they didn't make sense. I mean, it's baseball. Anyone can play the like the sport it's been fucking we've seen 
guys, like you said, CC Sabathia, one of the best pitchers. David Wells. David Wells. Yeah. The, like, the, f- the only thing that worries me is like, it's like the one backlash is like, is Manoa getting too triggered over things that like, who gives a fuck? It's the off season though. It's not in the middle. Yeah. Of the if season. he did it like before a start or something, but shit, I feel like, like he would have, he would have reacted the exact same way if it was in season. He did I it disagree. With the, you I don't disagree. think so? No, I disagree. I, I think... kind of agree. I kind of agree with Jared, but I don't really care. I don't yeah. care either, but I don't think he's doing it like before a start no. or if someone said like that before like an appearance or whatever. Like I mm-hmm. I don't I don't like uh, the comments are dumb, but it's almost like what happens if these like continue to come out? That guy could have like, portrayed th- knowing that, though, this different. is getting in his head is what I'm worried about. That guy could have portrayed that though different. He's like, "Alec, I love yeah. you, buddy, but I'm going to need to see you put more like what the fuck do you know? What, what what are you are you his trainer? Like what are you talking about? I mean the guy Yeah, he clearly had he just made an he clearly made an assumption that he doesn't work hard in the gym just because he's he's heavy. He's also in the clicks business too, right? Yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. We're in the clicks business too. Yeah. So for sure, but But I won't ever fat shame or just ever put this podcast um in jeopardy of saying something that's cancelable. So mm-hmm. I, I that was a cancelable take. Like that guy might get sent to the sun now. I think you don't know. I think Anthony Recker ends that segment and doesn't even realize he said it, and then it comes out on TV mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, you need but to see." The I'll, I'll say this: the backtracking though of him saying like someone cut that to make it look bad. What are you talking about, <laughs> yeah. dude? That you it was pretty said evident it. what you were hinting at. <laughs> yeah, you there was no. It. Yeah, like that was the see. That was the the scene. Of what happened. That, but what do you guys think of like Strowman getting involved in shit? Strowman, I'm done. I'm out on the Strowman business. Holy fuck, dude. He has to impl- implement himself on everything. I, I kind of think it's funny. I got no It's issue. funny, I guess, he but dude, it, you get it on the last one too, right? This is like my thing with in. Marcus Strowman. He's criminally online. He's going to. No, I understand that though. This is my thing with Marcus Strowman. You can't claim to be like a mud guy and get after it on Twitter all the time, but just block everyone on fucking planet Earth. That's what Mar- Marcus Stroman has a trillion guys blocked on Twitter. Like he has Leafs fan blocked. Does he? he? Leafs fan blocked. He has, he has everyone blocked. But like, <laughs> you can't claim to be a mud guy and mm-hmm. get into the trenches on Twitter, but just fucking block everyone. You can't do that. It's that's what I. The that's other. where I think. Because we com- we compared, I believe we said a little bit that we saw comparisons between Manoa and Strowman in terms of like bringing out fire and being into the game, like but we similar love- gamers. But I think the difference is like that's what I don't want to see Manoa become is like a Strowman on social media. That's what I was saying. Yeah, me neither. He doesn't Fuck. do it. He doesn't. He doesn't do, do it, it unprovoked though. Yeah, Strowman does a lot of it unprovoked. Of like no one's talking about him, and he'll just go at someone yeah mm-hmm. like mike studs yeah like on manoa some... doesn't mind like he doesn't get involved in other people's shit yeah that's i mean the the, the kirk thing he was standing up for a teammate yeah. who like makes sense but like i don't know I, i'm out on the marcus stroman business well, marcus actually... stroman was a fan favorite for a reason for a little he bit. was mm-hmm. right like I, yeah you know, i loved him when he was a blue jay but like i just think some of the stuff he does is like cringy that's all yeah I, I, I don't know if that's a really hot take, I guess. I know a lot of people probably agree with me on that, but yeah, I just I think, think he's like a cringy. Hot. He's like just a cringy guy. But uh, yeah, that's where we'll go from there. But uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, kick it to the the Mitch White episode. I, awesome. I want to make this clear as well. Um, a lot of listeners of the show are loyal. 
I want Manoa on this podcast. Avery's mm-hmm. brother mentioned that he talked to Manoa about this podcast, and Manoa does know we exist. So I'm gonna need full blown fucking hammers. I I've already seen a lot of people comment on it. I want a trillion comments, like come on the Gate 14 podcast because you know Manoa lives online. Obviously, he, he sees stuff. I want a trillion motherfucking comments saying come on the Gate 14 podcast. And also, oh, I don't know if they can do this, but thank Mitch White in the comments. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, you can't because he has the thing blocked. So um, well, if you can get around it, make sure you comment. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Mitch White. I think you guys are going to love the interview. But another reason why I want all of our listeners to, like, get Manoa on the podcast is because these other podcasts will contact, like, PR guys and stuff like that. This is the Common Man Show. I have every single guest that I've ever gotten on both of my podcasts, I haven't contacted one fucking PR agent, one team to get on. This is the People's Podcast, all right? I want the people to have some sort of accomplishment for getting Alec Manoa on this show. Mm-hmm. I want this to be the people's thing. So let's cut it here, man. I mean, Mitch White interview. It he's, was all time. He's the so, best. So many good stories um, about his time with the Dodgers and just kind of like a tap into guys he's close with on the Jays, kind of a look into the locker room behind the curtain. I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. We love you guys, man. And um, actually, sorry, sorry. I had to cut that a second. Avery's talked me into getting a gate 14 tattoo which no, without my approval. No, if we go back to the tapes, you said it yourself. I didn't. Yeah, I said it, but I didn't come up with a deadline. Yeah. You said a thousand. I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll get it on my thigh. I'll get the, I'll get gate 14 forever on my thigh. Is, are you happy? You enjoying this? I'll get gate 14 forever on my thigh. We'll do it. When I get back from Vegas, we'll vlog it. Yeah. Well, for I'm not happy. I'm just glad you hold up your end of the bargain gate 14 forever will be getting thrown onto my thigh and uh i don't know italics maybe we'll figure out the font we'll get Aerial it fired bold, but brother we'll, we'll figure it out but uh as always man love you guys hope you guys enjoy the podcast electric interview let's run this shit up again the downloads have been crazy let's keep it fucking going and uh gate 14 to the fucking moon love you guys gate 14 podcast and this might be the biggest, most special episode we've ever done, folks. If you've listened to this podcast, you know how much we've talked about Mega Meet Mitch White. And ladies and gentlemen, we got him. The legend is here. Mega Meet Mitch White is here. Mitch, what's up, brother? How are we doing, man? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. So let's go into that nickname for a second. You, I told you about that on the FaceTime. You had no idea about that? No, I'd never heard of it. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised kids weren't calling you that at the Rogers Center. Because listen, it, a lot of there's a lot of comments on our TikTok pages about Mega Meet Mitch. So it's going to start happening once this episode drops. So I'm excited for it. But uh, let's go into it. Let's go into like how this started here. So I've talked about this on last week's episode. I was just bored. I wanted to just start some. Obviously, listen, we're in the clicks business. So I wanted to start some clicks. And I said you were dating Margot Robbie. And then next thing you know, it just all exploded. Let's get it from your side of the story. So at what point, because I know Nolan Long texted you about it. Was your phone, you said your phone was blowing up, right? Like people were texting you about this? Oh, yeah, everyone. I mean, my parents, my <laughs> friends, people I hadn't talked to in years. It was crazy. Um, but I mean, it was funny. It was fun. And then now it's taken off beyond just me. It's everyone. Everyone it's, in the league is. It's pissing me off, man. Started, I feel like, I, started something. I feel like I started a trend that I'm going to hate. Like it was funny when it was us and everyone like, were getting the clicks and people were getting mad at us. But it's like now it's a trend where I'm like, I'm tired of seeing this on my TL. We started a beast. But it, it, I'm fine. Listen, it, it spiraled into you coming on the podcast. So we did a good thing here. Yeah, it all worked out. It worked out. 
So, yeah, so let's go into Avery. I mean, Avery, you have a couple of things about his college career that we should tap into before we get into his pro career. So I was looking up some stuff today, Mitch, and you have maybe one of the, like the funnier college profiles. So first of all, Mitchell White, not Mitch White. Is that just the name change? It's just pro career. You got to get rid of Mitchell, right? No, I mean, I've always gone by Mitch even as a kid, but I, for whatever reason, I think that one just stuck. I think my mom did the whole like the recruitment process and all that. And she's typing out the full, <laughs> full name. So that's fine. That's fine. But the one thing, so it says your interest is like golf, football, and then one of your hobbies is baseball. Is that the worst answer <laughs> of all time? I mean, those, those profiles are so dumb. I, like, I put, I think I put fishing. I remember yeah, fishing's about, on I, there too. I probably fish like three times in my life. I don't, I don't fish. I like golf though. Golf is the game. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So the other thing, your college debut. Okay. So college debut against Vandy, right? Number one seed right after they win the national championship. They're the number one seed the next year. You pitch against them opening, starting off the season. And then you have your MLB opening 2020, no fans. What was like, obviously MLB dream come true, but no fans. Does that like take some stuff away? Were you nervous more for like your college debut or the MLB one? It might be a stupid question, but I don't, no fans. No, no, no. I mean, I don't remember the college debut that much. All I could remember was just like negative five with wind chill in Nashville. It was freezing cold. I was sitting in between innings in the, in the bathroom trying to stay warm. Um, doing jumping jacks in the corner as wild, but uh, the nerves weren't that big a deal until after I realized I, just, I did this, but whatever. And then MLB debut, even without fans, I was blacked out. I don't even remember it. It was, uh, that was like crazy, crazy. And it didn't really hit me until like right before I was going in. And then I, the nerves hit and I, I couldn't feel my body. It was just out there doing my best and it was awful. But, you know, we got through it. Yeah. Were you and, ever like that after again or just the first time? It was just nuts like that. I think my second outing, I was good. And then my first outing of the following year, there were some nerves. Um, I walked a few guys, had a sloppy couple of innings, but same thing. I mean, you just sometimes you get lucky. And, and your, your your major league debut, I mean, you're not debuting for a, like a small market fucking team. You're debuting for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And Nolan Long told me this about you. He said, uh, I think your comments on your Instagram are sh not shut off, but only for people that like are you follow and stuff like that. I know Dodgers fans are like like a tough fan base to deal with stuff like that. Is that true what Nolan said? Like you were just like Dodger fans were just getting after you out, like every single start you made? Yeah, I mean, you get the good and the bad from it. Um, sometimes it was, we love you, we love you. And then sometimes it was just destroying you. Uh, but I think that's what most guys have to do because, I mean, for me, I was lucky. But a lot of guys, like wives and kids and stuff, they go after those guys. It's just a little, a little much sometimes. But, I mean, I get it to a degree. Tyler Matzik told me a story that his wife was getting death threats and, like, Freddie Freeman's kid – like when they were playing the Dodgers in the World Series, like they had to get police escorts because someone death threatened Freddie Freeman's child. Like those fans are wild, dude. When you were there, how like what players did you see get it really, really bad? Where you're like, man, I feel so bad for that guy. It's tough for me to know with the with the more established guys, but it was like the young guys that were coming up who weren't used to it. Because other guys, they they're used to it. They kind of let it roll off for the most part. Um, 
but the other guys I came up with, everyone was always talking like, you get these Instagram comments, you get this, this crazy DMs and stuff. Um, and sometimes it's like, I, you blew, you gave up a run and you blew someone's bet. And they are like, F you, uh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to slit your throat. Like, hey, it gets graphic. Um, for me, I don't really mind it. I don't want, like, my mom will talk about it. She sees these comments and it's like, all right, that's a little much. Mm-hmm. So last thing for me on the Dodgers, I'm, I'm looking up your hitting stats, okay? Yeah. 0 for 15, one walk, one run scored, but 25% hard hit percentage. Only 13 really? points below them. Yeah, 95 exit velo. How wow. long? How long do you think it would have taken you for you get, to get oh, your first hit? Gosh. I think I had one hit. In my, I have one hit in my professional career in AAA. It was like I was so late on a fastball, I just kind of blocked it, and it went right over the base, the first base. And it kind of took a bad bounce. I probably could have got a double, but I was so excited that I got a hit that I just stopped there and like was high-fiving the coach. Um, it would have taken – I don't know if I – would have gotten one if I was up the whole season. There's no chance. It is so you, hard. So you think you go 0 for 100? No chance. I, no I mean, chance. Uh, it's luck. At that point, it's luck for me. I mean, there's guys who can swing a bat. Like, those guys know how to swing a bat. They've been doing it for a while. But for me, it's just hard. I tell you what, that walk, though, that walk, I walked um, with two outs. And then we started a rally. And then I think Muncie hit it three-run bomb or something to score me. And that was the coolest experience I've ever had <laughs> on a baseball field. It was it, unbelievable. It, did you hit in, like, high school still? Uh, I think freshman, sophomore year, yeah, and then junior, junior, senior as a PL. Okay, yeah, that's that's going to be tough when you don't hit for Yeah. <laughs> but baseball it's funny because you look at the batted ball data, all of everything you hit, opposite field or, like, up the middle, oh, yeah. couldn't get around on anything. No. I was in the back of the box, like choking up back here, trying to <laughs> trying to just make contact and play pepper, but it's hard, man. It comes quick. And then you hear guys on podcasts like talk, so, like I could get up there, face ninety, no doubt, and get a hit. And it's got to be the dumbest thing you've ever heard. How pissed I mean, do you get from that? Because I actually posted, I think I posted a TikTok a long, long time ago of kids saying like, if you gave me a hundred at bats, I would get like ten hits. And I respond on like. There is not a chicken's dick chance that you would get 10 hits in 100 at-bats against big league pitching. Like, some pitchers that you would go up against, who was the hardest pitcher you faced? You know, my first at-bat is the one that sticks out. It was against Sandy Alcantara. Oh, my the Cardinals. God. That was in That was in double. So he was throwing just as hard, but he didn't really know where it was going. <laughs> and he walked me, actually. Uh, and I ended up scoring. That was sick. But it was like two seams in coming in at you and he was throwing all heaters and they're all 99 and he would like step off or step back a little bit though 97 and it was all coming in on me missing <laughs> that was scary uh, i wasn't swinging i knew i had that predetermined there was no shot was it almost like a detriment knowing that you had to hit sometimes too like it's like i don't want to be up here no one <laughs> no, wants to yeah, see yeah. me up here yeah exactly i mean i, I would just start laughing and have fun with it and the guys on the bench would be laughing at me, like having fun with it. Um, as long as it wasn't a serious situation, I could kind of just go up there, kind of say hi to the catcher. Like at one cool time I uh, faced, I think it was me against Adam Wainwright. He was pitching and then Yachty was catching. And Yachty was giving me shit. Like Wainwright throws this slider cutter thing. He throws a million pitches. Throws this slider cutter thing and I swing over it. And then the next one I take and say, oh, take it, take. And, and I swing over another one. 
And he's like, oh, next time, buddy, next time. It was, it was cool. I, I wanted to go into that trade. So obviously you get dealt to the you get dealt to the Jays. It was kind of like, to be honest, man, it was such a random trade. Like I didn't even really hear your name and trade rumors, or like I didn't hear the Jays were interested or anything like that. Where were you when you found out you were dealt to the Toronto Blue Jays? Uh, I think I'd just been uh, sent down to our AAA team in L- with LA. It was the OKC Dodgers. So I was in Salt Lake at the time. And yeah, like you, I didn't really expect much. I remember talking to some of the front office guys, like, hey, do we have anything going on? What do you think of the trade deadline? I was like, yeah, nothing big. But I mean, obviously, I think they knew what they were doing at the time. Um, I was definitely on the block. But looking back, it makes sense. Definitely surprising in the moment. But for both teams, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Where and I want to debunk something because a lot of people have come at us on Twitter because, listen, some people blamed like you transitioning to Toronto and kind of struggling because you had to find a new apartment or you weren't comfortable with living in Canada. Like I, and I said, listen, Mitch white is 28 years old. He's played baseball his entire career. He went through the minor leagues. He played in the, he, I mean, he played in the show, him having to find a new apartment has nothing to do with stuff that happens on the field. So can we de- debunk this right now that it wasn't you moving to Toronto that like, no kind of change of scenery with stuff like that like just i i wanted to debunk that no not at all baseball is baseball i i sucked because i sucked i mean that's all there is to it um everyone was great in the transition process everyone was helping out with that it was actually fun finding new apartments because i was just jumping into airbnbs when we were at home and then i'd get out go on the road and then we come back for a homestead and find a new place in the neighborhood <laughs> that's sick i got to i got to explore toronto and i love the city so so what are you doing now? Like, or do you have a do you have a place? Uh, right now, I'm in I'm in Dunedin for our spring training facility. So I'm this is wow. A hotel. We're, listen, we're Mitch White truthers now. So now we're going <laughs> to start the rumors that you're getting in that early work. Mitch White's yeah, getting exactly. in the early work. I'm fu- <laughs> listen. We have like we have a pretty big pulse on Blue Jays Twitter. The the Mitch White propaganda it already started. We already got people. I mean, listen. And I, t- I, t- I always talk about how good of a guy you are on this podcast. Like once we talked on FaceTime, if you're listening to this right now and you haven't ordered or thought about ordering a Mitch White jersey, you're dead to us. You're dead to the Gate 14 podcast. I wanted to bring that up. But what was the first like um, reaction you had like when you stepped foot in Toronto? Because obviously you've probably never been here, right? So you probably have no idea yeah. like what it was like, stuff like that. What was your like your first what, what was like the first thing you noticed or just something different? Well, I mean, coming into uh going there and the, with all the trade obviously I was getting a lot of text everybody I talked to was saying how amazing the city was how cool it is how much you're gonna like it um and they were right like so David Price for example was always saying that he's a huge fan of Toronto I think he was here for maybe two months yeah but he always would say like that was the best city I ever played and it was so much fun and, it, and he was one of the guys who's like you're gonna love it there um and then I got there that was exactly what it was. I think the first thing I noticed, the first day I got there, we had an off day or something like that, and I was walking around the city for like four hours. First thing I noticed was uh, this homeless guy comes up to me. I was wearing like a wolf shirt. Um, and he's like, dude, look at my forearm. I got this tattoo of the wolf. And I had a freaking 10-minute conversation with this guy on the side of the road. And that would never ha- I'm from San Francisco. That would never happen in San Francisco. But in, on the forearm, it'd be like a needle instead or some like crazy shit. There's no way. And so it's like, all right, maybe Canadians really are pretty nice. And for the most part, that's been the case. It's been awesome. That's good. So we can debunk the Americans hate Canada now. No, I think yeah, that's uh, stupid. Yeah. 
but uh going into this new year and obviously like we were shocked i think it was rock ross atkins end of the year conference and he's kind of like yeah there won't be many big changes and then now it seems like the jays like we're coming in with like a brand new team in a sense right like complete yeah. shift and then even like I don't know if you've been keeping up, but we've been, but like these renos at the Rogers center, have you been seeing any of that? And do you have any thoughts about like how different it's going to be? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd heard all the news from last year. They said, Oh, we got this going on. We got the bullpen. We got a new weight room. Um, and just kind of hearing about it from those guys. Some of our guys went up from Dunedin, like Romano and Simber and um, Kiermaier. They all went up to Torrent. And from what I heard, it's amazing. I don't know if I, I heard the new dimensions are a little funky, but we'll 17 feet in right center. They're moving it in 17 feet. But I will yeah. say this if obviously your family's going to come down a lot, that like they have like bars and patios on like every level now and right. There's like a Corona stuff and stuff like that. So it's going to be electric for like the families to come down here and just kind of yeah. see the changes, stuff like that. It's going to be sick. But JR mentions the changes and stuff like that to the team and all that type of stuff. Obviously, a mat- and listen, we posted a video of like it-, it was you versus the Angels and there was a ball hit to like right field. And Teo, I don't know what happened. He had a meltdown in right field, drops the ball and stuff like that. I want to ask you. What what is it like being a pitcher in the big leagues and seeing guys like Varsho, Kiermaier, and you got George Springer behind you? How does that a change like change your approach? And how did like how does how is that going to make you feel when you're on the mound seeing like such a good defense behind you? I mean, it's awesome, man. It's that defensive side. I think we definitely put a big um, premium on that this offseason, as you can tell. Um, it's huge. It doesn't really change how I approach anything. I don't think like, oh, this guy's going to make this catch in the gap. I could let him let him hit as far as he wants. But when it does happen, those plays are crucial. I don't think people put enough uh, stock in that, that, just the swing that a big defensive play could make, not only with an out or saving runs, but also the momentum. Yeah, so- I mean, Varsho is going to be... That guy is something special. You you faced him a pretty decent amount, right? Same division, same same uh, division. Yeah, over in Arizona, we faced him a little bit. Uh, and uh, not only is he an awesome defensive outfielder, he can also. I mean, he's a good lefty bat, which gives us a little more versatility in the lineup. I mean, he's gonna be cool. It's gonna be fun to watch. So, Mitch, obviously not the perfect start for you here in Toronto, but you got the opportunity, fifth starter potentially come into the season. What's like the big off-season thing from you? What's what are you working on? Make some changes here going into spring training and then into the season. Yeah, I mean, priority number one for me is just to be healthy, um, get back to just solid uh, foundation that in that regard. And then for me, a big thing we talked about is the changeup, um, having that extra pitch to especially the lefties and then mixing in the righties a little bit, just giving guys a different look. Um, I think when I got over here, I started leaning really heavily fastball slider. Um, and it's tough to go through a lineup with just two pitches. I mean, there's guys that, like Gospel is a great example. He does it because his splitter is filthy and it's unbelievable. But it's just it's just tough to do that. Um, to have an extra lower rate goal is huge. So that's a big one in terms of developing that pitch. I mean, your slider fucks. Like, let's let's not beat around the bush here. We posted, a, like I said, the propaganda started, and uh, Avery over here posted a video of you just punching out all these unreal hitters in the big league. So 
your slider does fuck, but are 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 you working on like you like you said with the change up stuff like that? Are you working on to like polish that slider even more, or is that something that you've kind of just kind of said stagnant with? Uh definitely. I mean, you're always working on it, always tweaking it. For me, that grip, I've had that grip for the last <clears throat> two years or so. Um, so that that's that's what I'm doing with it. But there's some finer details like throwing it backside to lefties or backdoor to lefties, um, mixing and matching the shape of it. So like early in the count, a little flatter, maybe get some soft contact late in the count with a little more depth, get a little swing over the top of it. Um, and then it's just a matter of not overexposing it. I mean, there's certain guys in a lineup where I'm going to go slider, 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 and that's fine. And I could do that, you know, second time through the lineup, third time through the lineup. But if you want to get through a big league lineup, there's a lot of different looks that you're getting um, offensively. So I need to match that change a little bit with the slider and then mix it match with the other pitches. Yeah. So the propaganda video that I did, I went through your slider that baseball savant having video for every pitch of all time is awesome. So That's crazy. just sorted it by slider and just clicked it on it strikeouts. And it was like Mike Trout, Luis Robert for you, like something you tell your boys, like, Hey, who's one guy. It's like, Hey, I struck that guy out. Like, do you see that shit? That was kind of awesome. <laughs> I mean, the one guy for me was a little bit because of what happened in the game. So Albert Pujols, um, obviously his last year, I played with him the year before in L.A. Great guy. He's the man. Um, he hits this two-seam in off the play out for a bomb. I have a blow-up start in St. Louis. The next at bat, I'm like, I'm eyeing him. I want to punch him. And I think it was that – I think it was a slider away or something like that. And he, like, check swung. And he was pissed because the umpire rung him up and he started arguing. And that was that was the most at least satisfying because obviously he's an all-time, all-time great player and all that. And he's a great guy. He's the man. Um, but that's the one that sticks out. Yeah. What's the Toronto fans been like with you? Obviously, like, I mean, obviously the fans here are pretty hard, but I feel like they're a little bit less harsh than what I've heard of from like the LA people. What's it been like for you around here? Yeah, I mean, the way I think about it is the bigger the fan base, the more bad fans you're going to get, no matter what. It's not a matter of – it doesn't reflect necessarily the whole group, uh, which was part of the reason L.A. was tough because there's just a lot of fans. It's a big market, but that means there's a lot of good fans too, and I think that's the same case um, with Toronto. I think everyone's been great to me. It hasn't been an issue at all. Obviously, you get your outliers and you get your Instagram commenters, but for the most part, it's been awesome. And just so you know, like we like to hold guys on the Jays accountable. So we used to have we have this kind of like gas fuel gauge meter, depending on like how you're doing and stuff like that. So it starts out with like micro meet Mitch. Uh, what's the second one, Abe? I don't remember the second. I one. don't know the second one, but then like when you're carving, it's like mega meet Mitch. So we have like a gauge to kind of see where you're going. So that's just what we've been kind of doing with you. I I think the nicknames all time. I mean, we have. I don't even know how we came up with it, Avery. Was it like after the deadline, maybe when they got him? I don't even remember. I mean, the things we come up with are stupid. So yeah, like very just, dumb, yeah. very dumb. But yeah, dude, it's listen. I mean, and going into the, I want to settle another debate here because you. I'm assuming you were here. You were here when the Jays wore the red jerseys, right? Yeah. I, what I are, What I are think. your thoughts on those? We're We're out on the red jerseys. Yeah, I mean, they're not. I don't know. I like the. I like the blues and the baby blues a lot. I think they're great. I think the reds are just, you know, they're not my favorite, but it's kind of nice to have a few options. Um, not, I wasn't used to that. Started picking the colors and all that. 
it's pretty cool to be able to choose at least. Are you the light blue guy with your starts? Is that what you usually go with? No, I mean, I, I think I did light blue a couple times, baby or uh, dark blue a couple times. I mix it up. I don't, I don't really care about keeping it. It's more about what the team wants. It's like, if we've been winning in the baby blues, I'm going to stick in the baby blues. If we've been How's, losing, yeah. got to mix it up. Has Kevin Gossman kind of helped you a little bit? Cause like you said, I mean, he's like a two pitch guy, fastball slider guy or splitter. Sorry. And his, I mean, his, his splitter is just absolutely fucking insane. So has he kind of like, kind of gave you some of his thoughts on like the way you pitch or like what he sees? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's been awesome. Goss is the man. Um, I've tried learning a slider. It didn't really work. I don't, I think we're going to shelve that, but uh, <laughs> in terms of like mindset and game plan, he's been awesome. I think we talked in, in Baltimore or something like that, a crappy start. Um, and he just kind of, we play catch. We play catch a lot during the season and he kind of just took me aside and we talked for like 30, 40 minutes just about attacking with a fastball. I mean, it's just basic, whatever stuff. But the fact that he went out of his way to do that was cool. And he's, and, you know, he's the man. So you, you were a guy who was kind of up and down last year, right? The question I like to ask guys, cause we're not big league players. What's your favorite thing being in the big leagues? That's not obviously being in the big leagues, like the flights, the food, all the stuff like that. I mean, the food is is unbelievable. That's the yeah. <laughs> I'd say the food compared to like AAA, the big leagues, it's nothing. Nothing compares. The hotels. I mean, I don't know why I'm staying in these Ritz Carltons and like <laughs> the nicest hotels in the city is crazy. I don't need that, but now I'm spoiled. Um, and then yeah, and flights too. I, I I think all the travel stuff is just they to go the extra mile to make sure you're taken care of like charter flights are crazy you get you walk down the aisles and all the like overhead bins are filled with candy and chips and sandwiches and booze whatever you want they make drinks for you they have drinks waiting for you on like the side little table um get a little poker set up on the plane that's always fun watch guys throw money around do you Uh, get after it do you get after it after a start no 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 we're talking about beers here do you have a couple of beers after a post start I don't, I don't drink that much during the season. I keep it more to the off season, but if guys are want to go out, then yeah, Cause longer told me you get after it a little bit. I definitely in the off season a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say during the season, I'm a little, a little more goody goody, but um, I, I mean, if we fly into a city, we got a day get, or a off day the next day. Oh yeah. Everyone wants to go out to dinner. I love a good dinner and drinks and, and see where the night takes you. That fires me up. They don't I love do, that. uh, they never did like rookie dinner stuff for you, did they ever? Because in the NFL, you see those guys like position groups go out, rookie dinner, hundred thousand dollar dinners. Do they <laughs> do they do that for you guys? No. What's nice, it's a little different. Obviously, in the NFL guys get bigger signing bonuses. They're a little more guaranteed in their spots on the on the team, at least for a couple of years. For baseball, it's obviously like I went up and down for so long. It's not like I had enough money to pay for that. Um, what's cool is it's hundred thousand dollar dinners where the big dogs are paying those are fun i not a hundred thousand dollars but just the most ridiculous dinners you've ever seen how's that happened with the jays like what's the big dog dinner you've had with the blue jays who soaked it we need to know <laughs> we, we've had a couple yeah i think uh like goss will pay uh hunjin rue will play he's the man he's like michael it's funny we go to korean <laughs> barbecue with him and everyone talks about it. People will be waiting in their cars. <laughs> Jano said that. In the mm-hmm. parking lot. Yeah, waiting for him to come out. And they're like, 
They just want to say hi. They don't even need an autograph. Everyone's so respectful. They don't want to come in over during dinner, so they sit outside after they eat and wait. Um, so yeah, we did that a couple of times. I mean, in LA, it was like Kershaw and Pujols and Justin Turner and Kenley, and it was like every night we got in, it was like, hey, uh, like this message if you want to go to dinner. We're going out in Chicago or New York or or wherever. So yes. you're. Did you so who the- are you who are you closest with on the team? Would you say with all these dinners and getting to know the players? Like, is there anyone specific that you've gotten really close to? With the Jays? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, all the starting pitchers are super close. I mean, everyone's great. Even like Kikuchi, he can only speak so much English, but he's the man. Like I say, <laughs> yes. for everyone, he's yeah. awesome. Kikuchi is the man. Uh, obviously, we spend the most time together. You know, like we're sitting on the bench together, hanging out. Ross Stripling was one of the guys I mentioned. Goss, Manoa, and Barrios are awesome. Um, and then, like, I, I've been here at the spring training facility for a while, so we've been hanging out with Romano and George and Simber and Meza. We have a good little dynamic in the, in the training room where everyone's just popping off and, and having fun. Who's the alpha? Who's the alpha in the chain? Who, who's the alpha in that locker room? Who's throwing around big boy weight out of those pitchers? Out of the pitchers? And Manoa, Manoa, he's like, <laughs> he's big boy weight too, physically too, but he is incredible. Like unlike anyone I've seen, he's a guy who's obviously he shoves on the field and then it, it, in the clubhouse, he's always talking. He's always got something going on. He's loud. It, it's not obnoxious. It's just like, he just, I don't know. He gets it. He gets people. Uh, my favorite. He's my, great at that. Yeah. My favorite Mitch White appearance last year, we talked about it on the show. We said if you ended up getting the win, we would have to all buy your jerseys. You, unfortunately, I think only went five, but you fucking shoved, and it just fired me up because it was against the biggest clown on the planet was Garrett Cole. What was that like pitching in Yankee Stadium in a playoff race against the Yankees and the 350 or whatever, $300 million man is on the other side of that fucking dugout against you? Yeah, that was fun. That was a cool one. I mean, obviously, first time pitching in New York. I love that city. It's so fun. Um, the the stadium has a weird feel, though. It's like everyone always says corporate. I think that's a good way to describe yeah. it. It feels almost, I don't know, because I've been there as a kid, at the old Yankee Stadium, and it just feels totally different. But obviously, it's, you know, it's historic and all that. Um, I think I pitched. It was like I was getting in trouble every inning. It was the most grimy, grindy outing I've been in. But we ended up getting out of it, and that was sick. Yeah, I mean, four four innings, seven hits, and then one earned run. I mean, that'll yeah. just alpha the fuck out of your cool. Because I remember me and Avery were on the golf course, which is – Mitch, by the way, you're going to golf with us this year, right? I mean, let's just – let's just – let's <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll go let's, anywhere, man. We'll go – Once, no, it, Mitch, once we'll, it heats we'll up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll walk to the golf course. We have to to golf with Mitch White, but we're gonna get that going. But I mean, you went four innings, seven hits, and then you guys ended up beating Gary Cole. What was it like in the? What's it like in the locker room after beating the Yankees, Yankees team? Because I think that was like when the Jays went on that massive little run against the Yankees. I think you guys swept that series, right? Or won three out of four. Yeah, we did well in New York, and then just kind of took off in general in terms of the race. And Bo was the best hitter on the planet. <laughs> What was it like in the locker room, though? I mean, what's like, because we I always talk about with guys, like they'll tell stories about just how electric the plane is. Everyone's drinking beers after a massive series win. What's it like with the Jays? Like, do the guys get after a little bit after a massive series win like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you could feel the energy for sure coming in. 
everyone's coming in high-fiving. The whole staff is lined up. Uh, Ross was out there that Ross Atkins, he was there high-fiving. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, and then we come in and get ready to go. Um, I don't think that wasn't the – was that the day we left? We might have left the next day or whatever, but that flight was sick. It was fun. That fires me up. So you've been NL guy, AL guy. Your favorite park that you've pitched in, I mean, there's got to be some good ones at this point that you just love. Yeah, I mean, for me, San Francisco, uh, because that's home for me. I grew up going to those games. I think objectively it's an awesome ballpark, just kind of shitty weather. But uh, that that one is an easy one. And then Toronto's up there. L.A. is up there. St. Louis is really cool when the weather's not terrible. Uh, Chicago, Wrigley's sick. Um, everyone always says Pittsburgh. I don't really like Pittsburgh. Kind of really, I I think that's so yeah. I think funny. Pittsburgh's really? unreal. I, I think a, I mean the city the city skyline, whatever is sick. But it's just so I don't know. Everything feels gray out there to me. Maybe because there's no one there watching somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what it is. I think the fans play a huge role in that. To be honest, it's like mm-hmm. the loudest stadiums are also the best, like L.A., Toronto. New York was cool, but like I said, it didn't feel like there's that many people there. We get that corporate feel at like the Leafs games. Are you a hockey guy at all? Not really. I mean, I grew up with the Sharks, so we were always like pretty good, but not really that good. I've kind of started to get into it. I think the Leafs are kind of sick. That might be my team now. You got to start just listen. You, Mitch, this is what we're going to do. Like I said, we're going to be your propaganda guy from here on out. We're going to go to a Leaf game with you. We're going to let the people know Mitch White is there. And you just got to chug a beer on the Jumbotron. And then next, like Matt Chapman, listen, Matt Chapman mm-hmm. had it all, did it all right. Matt Chapman last year, someone has to give a raise to his publicist because he went to a Jays game last year and just chugged the beer for the people on the Jumbotron. And now he's just the most universally loved player of all time. So that's what oh, you got to yeah. get in there, Mitch. As he should be. That guy's a dog. He's but dog. I mean, yeah, we'll figure it out. I would die for Matt Chapman. I would die for Matt. How you being a player and you seeing it and stuff like that. Do you like see the awards and be like, what the fuck? Like Matt Chapman didn't get a gold glove. Like how much does that not piss you off, but like make you quite like, what are they doing here? I didn't even know that. Who won it? The Orioles guy. What's his name? Ave Urias or Urias. Yeah. Oh, Ramon. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Dude. I don't know. I mean, I don't really pay attention to all that stuff, but. That is crazy. I've seen some of the stuff Chappie's done, and it is incredible. He is. I mean, he's. It's funny because he'll like make it or make a diving stop and kind of bobble it or whatever, and he'll say sorry to you. Like I should have had that throw. I should have had that blow up. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Dude, he's he he's all time. But I wanted to talk about also like Springer because obviously I don't think we asked Janu about him, but Springer obviously plays a massive presence and just based off his experience stuff like that. What was it like? Like, what's it like playing with Springer? And, like, what's the role that he plays in the clubhouse and the dugout and all that type of stuff? I mean, George is one of those guys. He's a leader in the, in the clubhouse for sure. Um, I don't think I really appreciated how good he was until I seen him. I think a, a lot of that was the ALNL thing. Like, I hadn't seen a lot of the guys that play against and play yeah. with. So you don't really realize. Obviously, you know the names. Um, but seeing George hit and – like how explosive he is, it's pretty insane. And then in the clubhouse, obviously, it just kind of continues through. He's the one guy with a little experience. Like you said, he's been there. He's done it. 
Um, and that plays a lot all across the board. He is, yeah, he is unreal. What about Manoa? Like you, we always, you always, he's just, he's only been in the league for two years. So much poise. I think he was the runner up or third for Cy Young voting. What's yeah. it like? What's it like watching this guy pitch every five days, just from the club, from the dugout, the clubhouse's preparation? Yeah. I mean, he's another guy who's, I, like I said a little before, what you see is what you get. Like you see his attitude on the mound and that's who he is as a person. And it's, it's just genuine out there and he's the man. Um, and then the poise and all that is insane. Like I, obviously I've been in the league now for parts of three years and it's been, a, it's a struggle. It's hard. He makes it look easy as hell. It is insane. The stuff he does, the way he gets out of jams, the way he works in and out of trouble, um, just the little things like that as a pitcher, it's pretty fun to watch. And it looks like it doesn't look like he's a you know 25 year old guy who's been in the league for a couple of years. He seems like an awesome guy. My brother goes to Florida International and he that's where he's been like kind of training. He said, awesome yeah. guy. And he I played against him high school. We lost one nothing. He hit a home run in the game. And he's just like, yeah, this is the best pitcher ever there for one guy on the staff. You see it all the time. If you could take one pitch from a guy on the starting staff, what what's like the go-to one that you'd love? Gossman. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Just the, I, just the splitter. Oh, the split. Yeah, I'd love that pitch so much. I want it. I mean, I, the changeup is similar. Obviously, similar look. I've always wanted to throw a changeup. That splitter is that much sicker, and it's unbelievable. He'll throw it three times in a row with two strikes, and it's just like, all right, you take that one, you take that one, and you swing over the top of that one. So. It's easy. Have you tried to throw a splitter? Like, I mean, you obviously have tried it once or twice. How hard is it to throw it? I mean, the way he throws it especially is crazy because it's – the ball is, like, right here. And it's really? palm. It's not deep. So it feels like you're going to lose it. And and for me, I throw it, and it goes 10 feet up and right. <laughs> but for him, he throws it, and it's just like that. that I don't know. It, it's nuts. Um, I've tried. I mean, I, I kind of screw around a lot and catch play with different pitches and stuff and grips like Tony Gonsolin has a really good splitter that I've, I've tried and I've actually clicked that one a couple of times where it's like, Oh, that, that wasn't bad, but it's the same thing. It's just so hard to throw consistently. I mean, that's just two guys with long hair. So I think you grow the hair out. That's the just flow. The, that's just the fix to the splitter. I had the I had the hair in 2020, but I mean, I don't know if that's ever coming back. You got to bring it back. You got to bring it back. Bring the flow back. I mean, you're you're, you're living in Canada, man. You're going to be living in Canada. You got to bring the flow back. (laughs) We'll see. I had it. I had it for COVID and all that. And it was like, all right, I've done that. Check that box off. I think I'm done. We'll see. Yeah, we might have turned you by, by the way, by accident to like the Bachelor of Canada now. Like, I'm assuming I'm assuming you're not wiped up. But listen, you might have turned into like the Bachelor of Canada now. There's going to be girls while running around thinking you're dating mark you dated margot robbie so you're welcome for that uh, yeah i'll take it any press is good press at this point <laughs> we're and let's go into the number here we're big off the field guys and maybe like changing the mojo and stuff like that what 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 happened like what what happened with the number 45 where did that come from uh i was 66 in la and I'd that say kind that's of fucks that you, number i fucks. don't i don't love 66 I, I that's a love that number here by the way really why Munonori Kawasaki, Japanese player, one of the most loved. Is that the, is that the bananas guy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. He was 66. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's it just I don't, for whatever reason I didn't like it. 
in LA and I just wanted any number but 66 and I was just running through the, the available numbers and 45 was was up there I, I think I like 45 it's a good number but gonna have to figure it out a little yeah bit and by the way I just got word from one of our listeners that Entertainment Tonight Canada just talked about you dating Margot Robbie on their uh, on like national sure. television and debunked it. I swear to God, that's what I just got a DM from someone that's watching it. That's, that's all wild. That that's gonna be a like that's gonna be a question you're gonna be getting in spring training. But I wanted to talk about spring training. Obviously, I mean, you, like you said, you probably, you've made a couple adjustments. You're learning how to throw a change up. What's like one thing you're looking forward to in spring training? Is like, is it just to kind of show the Toronto Blue Jays fans that you've turned stuff around, or like, what's the biggest thing? I mean, my favorite part about spring training is just never again. That's the coolest thing. Everyone getting together and like and being back in that atmosphere. The first couple of days is like, oh man, here we go. And then once you settle into the routine, it's awesome. Uh, but in terms of on the field stuff, I just I don't know. I want to get off the mound. I haven't been off the mound a little bit just get back to tinkering on all that stuff, tightening everything up and then go from there. I don't, I, there's nothing super specific other than that. Yeah. The spring training. We're, we're all all at, hey, if you win Cy Young this year, I'm, I'm going to put a ticket in for sure. Mitch Young or Mitch White. <laughs> what are Young. the odds on that? Abe? I, I, would uh, that be the field? I don't know yeah. if they have odds on that. Yeah, that would be the field. Well, we're going to find them. We're going to bet it because it's going to happen. You're a golf. You're a golf guy. Let's go into some off-field stuff. I mean, Jr. actually runs a golf company, but uh, the worst good. golfer of all time. He's the worst golfer I've ever seen in my life. But that's just besides the fact. What are, What's your handicap, Mitch? Like, what are you? Oh, how many strokes are me and Avery gonna have to give you? Bad, 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 bad. Uh, <laughs> I like, shoot what? in like the low hundreds, and that's a good day. Okay. So you and Jr. could play straight maybe up. Maybe it's then. Uh, Mitch. Yeah, Mike maybe Jr. Showdown. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I actually took a lesson the other day. I have so much time on my hands. I took a lesson at like Golf Tech or whatever, some some golf store down here, and it helped a lot. So we'll see. Might be nasty next time out. <laughs> Is that my like lesson, uh, yeah? Off my the lesson went terrible. Let's yeah. just say uh, you got to pick the right instructors because I oh, unfortunately really? got serious issues with the driver. Like absurd <laughs> oh, yeah. issues with the driver. He you swings and misses. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's the craziest good. thing I've ever seen. You got the yips, Jr. You got yeah. the yips. Is it like something you do? Because I'm shocked when I hear baseball players who are hitters, like Joanna Cespedes would play golf like every single day. I'm like, how does that not mess up people's baseball mm -hmm. swings? Is there like position players on the team that play a decent amount of golf that you know of? Yeah, there's a handful of guys. Um, I don't know. I've always heard that. And obviously, I never hit, as I explained. But uh, – <laughs> I don't, I think it's just a different swing. It, it, mm -hmm. it like, it doesn't transfer as much as people think. Like I used to at least have a super baseball-y swing in golf and it's just slices all day. Um, so you can kind of differentiate the two. The big thing here is you get hockey players who shoot left and then golf, right? So it's like, yeah, the, there is a big difference with that for sure. But no, I'm excited, man, for Mitch, you get back. The underlying numbers were good, man. Like, some of the counting stats don't look so good, but the good. Fit we're looking there. into it, Mitch. We're looking into it. We <laughs> already got the propaganda going. Man. Yeah, we, it's the video <laughs> we made of you striking out some of the best hitters in the league from last season is awesome. Like, <laughs> I love that. And then there's one. There's actually one that I want to talk about. So you punched out Jose Ramirez, and he just snapped his bat like 
almost just tore someone's pack. I mean, he like, did you see that part of the video, Ave? I'm assuming oh, you obviously saw it. I mean, it. I made the video, dude. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. what I meant to say. I mean, obviously, you, you know that what part I'm talking about, but he like legit went super saint, like snapped the bat off home plate. How cool is that as a pitcher to just body bag a hitter like that and see them have like a literal meltdown at home plate? Yeah, I mean, that's the best when you know you got someone's head. Uh, he was pissed because I threw – I threw a curveball the pitch before, which was a strike. And we looked at it later, got balled, but then the umpire at third rung him up on it. So then he got to two strikes. And then you could tell he was antsy, antsy. <laughs> so I just, I ripped one off. And I don't know, he got pissed, but it happens. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll get his, you know, his revenge someday. No, you won't. No, Cleveland <laughs> Guardians are going 0 4 against you next year. But, dude, I, the, the, another cool thing about this team is, is I don't know if you got a chance to kind of like just see, the guys that they're bringing in and stuff like that. Who's one guy out of the new acquisitions that you're like the most excited to play with? Cause obviously you got Chris Bassett, who's a veteran pitcher, been around the league. He probably has a lot to teach. Who's like one guy you're excited to see. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Barsha a little bit. Bassett's another guy. Um, one guy for me, that's kind of cool is Brandon Bell being a giants guy. Met him the other day. He's a great dude. Um, that's just kind of cool. Cause he's, He's been on those teams like 2010, 2012, and 14 when they won it all. Uh, just growing up watching those guys, that's pretty cool. Oh, so, so you're a Gi- Giants, Giants fan, fan growing up. Yeah, you're a Giants yeah, fan growing, growing up. up. So you hated the Dodgers for forever till yep. they drafted you. And then I and then I flip flop real quick, and now it's like whatever. But that yeah. fires me up. <laughs> that fires me up. So a couple more things. Another thing I'm excited. I wanted to talk about with you is is obviously. I mean, listen, you're coming into this year kind of on a clean slate. You're going to, you're like fighting for like the fifth starter role. No one's really looked at what you did last year. Like obviously front office isn't looking at it as well. Cause they're just, I mean, they're giving you a clean slate going into next year. What, how fired up are you to kind of just, obviously spring trainings are kind of meaningless games a lot of the time, but how fired up are you to just kind of compete again and like just compete for a fifth spot on like one of the American league favorites? Yeah. I mean, that's the best best part of it is having that runway where i mean the opportunity is there no matter what um and then to be out there it's like for me these spring training games are huge just because obviously i have to prove myself but you know that's the best part of it like you still get to go out there and and get a chance at least i've never really had that uh that opportunity until now so that'll be fun JR, do you got anything left, left for a uh, little mega meet Mitch here? Yeah, I think the uh, Brandon Belt thing is really cool. I didn't really put that together that like uh, you would look at, you know, you'd look at him sort of as this guy that you grew up watching and, and all this. And I think one of the things is he made this, he made, I don't know if you've seen it, but he made a statement on a Toronto radio show and uh, he pretty much said like, you know, the Jays are like, should be expected kind of World Series favorites. So, like, I think, like, him coming in with that presence, we all think it's good. But, like, a veteran like him, World Series champ, I think it's going to be great for you guys. And and we're insanely excited for this year. There's some sort of vibe. Like, we talk about – you talk about David Price. And we always talk about it on the pod. Like, when we traded for David Price, Toronto had this vibe that was, like, crazy. Like, we were all in, and it feels like that vibe is is coming back. So, I think it's going to be a, a, a great year. Oh yeah, no doubt. I think uh, I think great additions, great great veteran type players as well. A little mix up. Sometimes that's all it takes. It's just mm-hmm. different bodies. Because uh, for whatever reason, it's not like a talent thing. Just something clicks sometimes, and crazy stuff happens. 
And this is the last thing we're gonna end it off with this. We call so we're big nickname guys, all right. We've come up with a lot of big nicknames yeah, Jay. We got we got you with Mega Meat Mitch. So we came up with a nickname for Alejandro Kirk called Thick Jesus. And we made these electric shirts of him, like just over Jesus's face on the back, sold a pretty decent amount of them. What's it like playing with Alejandro Kirk? Because this is a guy here. I don't know if you know his story. He signed for like, I think 10,000 out of Mexico. The Jays went to watch someone else and they, they saw him and they're like, we got to sign this guy. What's it like playing with Thick Jesus? What, what is it like throwing to him, watching him hit? He is just such a specimen. I love him. Yeah, dude rakes. Uh, that's the best. That's the beauty of baseball. It's like just anyone can go out and do it. Obviously, you got to be a freak like he is, just a pure hitter. But it is so fun to watch. And everyone just love. Like, I remember he was on second or something at some point, rounding third, like crazy hard. And you see him running, and they got like the slow mo video in the post game. It's just, it, it's stuff like that. It just gets you going. Everyone loves him. <laughs> I love him. Actually, I wanted to with this because I asked um, Janu about this. What's John Schneider like? We talk about, I mean, you got to play for a pretty good manager in LA as well, but what makes John Schneider different? Because Janu talked about like all the players loving him. You see him drinking beers with the boys when you guys clinch. Like, yeah. what's it like with Janu? Like, what's it like with John Schneider? Uh, he's one of the guys. Um, he'll go out, like you said, he'll go out, drink some beers, hang out. And you're not, there's no, there's no sense of, like a separation between him as a coach. Um, everyone respects him in that resp- regard, but then also he's a person on the other side. Um, and I think that's super important as a manager to be able to relate to guys like that and just be a dude. We're all over the jet. We're all over the John Schneider train. So we love that. But anyways, Mitch, oh, yeah. we, this was, this, this, this is going to, I mean, listen, I, like I said earlier, if you don't buy a Mitch White jersey, I've listened to this podcast, you're brain dead. I might order the first one. Actually, there's a jersey of you on the uh, Toronto Blue Jays auction, uh, game used Mitch White jersey. I might have to put an order in for it because uh, I'm a Mitch White guy now. But this was awesome, man. I mean, the people are going to, it's cool to see this, this side of you, this perspective of you. I think the fans are going to love it, man. And uh, we're fired up for you next year, buddy. We're going to have the propaganda going. We're going to be mega meet Mitch guys forever till we die. That's all you need to do is just come on the podcast. But we really do appreciate you, brother. Thanks for doing this. Of course, guys. Great to meet you all. And, uh, and thanks for having me. It's fun.